Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. This is Joe Williams with the First City Forum. Welcome, welcome. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Today, I am running a little bit late. I'm literally just stepping into the studio right on the microphone. My guests here today, we have Marnie from the museum. Hello. How are you today? Let me just make sure everyone has their microphones turned on this morning. One moment. So um, I have been dealing with a little bit of a rodent problem in my house. Oh, my God. It is not cute, ladies and gentlemen. This morning I woke up literally at 2 o'clock in the morning. They are rodents squeaking and thrashing about. They're chasing each other. They're screaming. They're having a fight either in my living room, in my kitchen, somewhere. So I have been awake and terrified for many hours. Uh, and I'm going to the shelter today to adopt a cat, uh, which, which apparently um, at the shelter right now, if you, if you adopt a kitten or a cat, it's only $20 because there's a cat overload at the Ketchikan shelter. And then guess what? They'll have one less on this fine day. Um, how are you ladies doing today? Sounds like you might need a couple cats. <laughs> I need something. I need help. I need the Ghostbusters. Okay, so... <laughs> so we have a double segment today. So um so uh, I have been placed in charge of creating uh, show content for uh, the first city form. So there'll be a different show every day, uh, steady, and then we'll have our monthly appearances. Um, a, a new segment that we're coming up with, it won't be on Thursdays, but it'll be on Tuesdays every week, is Art Talk with Liza Lee. Now, Liza is a brilliant artist uh, who has a degree in art history, so she'll be breaking down different uh, famous pieces of art uh, and different things like that, and she'll be talking about the different tidbits and things that we may not know about these famous pieces. But first, we have our friend Marnie from the museum. How's it going, Marnie? Good, and I'm super excited to hear about the art history section segment. That's awesome. It's very appropriate that we have Liza here uh, with Marnie, uh, who who is... What do you do for the Ketchikan Museum? I am the senior curator of programs, so I work with the, uh, you know educational components, events, programs, uh, museum middays, all that kind of stuff. Beautiful. Okay, so uh, Marnie comes and wants. Uh, is, is every is, is every second Thursday of the month? First yes. Thursday. First Thursday. Okay, so Marnie, I'm just gonna let you go ahead and and give us what you got today. Absolutely. Uh, so we have an event coming up at noon today. So uh, so you can tune in to our museum midday today at uh, the Tongass Historical Museum's Facebook page. And we are having members of the Haig Foundation, uh, which is based over uh, on Metlakatla. And uh, it's a nonprofit organization uh, who works to create uh, Somaliak uh, speakers um, throughout uh, the community and, and to really uh, promote the Simshian language. So um, we will have David Robert Boxley uh, speaking about the organization, what they're doing, um, the resources that they offer. They've got uh, a website that has a lot of uh, educational resources that are wonderful <laughs> and uh, for all uh, people in all levels of uh, learning the language. So uh, that is today at noon. Uh, tune into the Tongass Historical Museum page, Facebook page and uh, check it out. And if you've missed any of our past um, 
Museum Middays, you can uh, check those out. We have a Vimeo page as well as a, we're just starting a YouTube page. Oh, where can we so, find it? Uh, it <laughs> I'm like, uh, Ketchikan Museums. <laughs> uh, we have links on our, uh, on our website, KetchikanMuseums.org. Um, and uh, you can get links to the videos there. So we've got past presentations uh, available, uh, trying to make them accessible to all. So Beautiful. Now, those museum middays are always so interesting. Um, now, those mi museum middays, do they happen once a week, once a month? Once a month. They're, they're the first Thursday uh, every month, uh, basically during the off-season. So we do like October through May or something like that. Now, so. they are virtual now because of COVID, of course, but um, are, are there any plans to, to start to bring them back into um, an audience? This, uh, for now, we're still planning on having them virtual. Uh, they will be virtually accessible all year, uh, for, you know, for this season. Mm -hmm. We have talked about um, potentially having uh, viewing available in the program space at the Historical Museum, uh, you know, maybe in the spring, uh, where people, you know, because we had, you know, people were kind of just used to going to the Historical Museum right. to watch the presentation. So, um, and, you know, we, we all know that there's a benefit to doing such things together and Zoom or Facebook Live are wonderful tools, but it's nice to sit in a room and <laughs> yeah it's all about that camaraderie yeah, so, and like the uh, mutual appreciation for exactly so hopefully uh you know maybe in the spring we can do it and definitely hoping to be back in person next year i'm looking forward to that and what else do we have from the museum we have uh we've got the traveling exhibit over at the tongas historical museum uh it's called alaska positive uh it is a traveling exhibit through the alaska state museum that uh, the whole purpose of the exhibit is to promote photography as an art form, you know, to Alaskans. And we've got, we all know we've got some amazing photographers in oh, our yes. community and throughout the state. So Jeff, Jeff Fiswater, Thomas Brooks, uh, right? Brooke Ratzett. <laughs> you can just like, yeah, just start amazing. naming them off. There's tons of them. Um, so that temporary exhibit, uh, touring exhibit, is on display at the Tongass Historical Museum. Uh, through December 18th. So there are three Ketchikan photographers um, featured, Mike Gates, oh, Deborah yes, Mercy, Gates. and um, uh, Rafael Torres. So nice. um, we will have two uh, kind of Facebook Live type presentations um, with uh, two of the photographers. So coming up Friday, November 5th, so tomorrow, uh, at about 11.15 uh, a.m., uh, we'll have a live chat with Deborah Mercy um, in the exhibit talking about her work. Um, and these are just kind of a short, brief introduction to the artist telling us a little bit about her work, inspiration, what's on exhibit, and uh, so not, not a full present, you know. Not an hour commitment or anything, mm -hmm. so maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Uh, and then next Friday, November 12th at 12.15 um, is a live chat with Mike Gates. So Very nice. That's yeah. very exciting. Exactly. Congratulations to Mike Gates, by the way. He has a, uh, a grandson on the way. Very exciting. Aww. Lauren Gates is, is, uh, is with child. <laughs> Congratulations to everyone. <laughs> Um, and that's, uh, those are the two main things coming up, um, 
right away. We've got our Native Art Studies program classes that have begun. We've got uh, one class that wrapped up last week uh, that was a basketry design class with Holly Churchill, who's an amazing instructor. We were happy to have back teaching with us. Um, we have classes starting again next week. A lot of our classes are uh, full with wait lists for this fall. Um, we have a History of Northwest Coast Art uh, class that will be virtual. Um, and we've kind of switched up how we usually do it. Um, so rather than having it as a, uh, you know, kind of a traditional academic art history class, which we love. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> so, um, but we are uh, inviting different artists, and uh, you know whether they're um, anthropologists or historians or museum curators or educators. Um, so, kind of have inviting a conversation between an artist and uh, somebody also working in the field. So, um, those classes will start uh, the beginning of December. They're virtual. There's um, basically six presentations, um, but that class still has room in it because it is virtual and there's a little extra space uh, so you can give us a call to sign up for that if you'd like but otherwise uh, you can sign up for the winter classes starting December 1st starting starting December 1st and and those are the classes with the wait list uh, no, the ones with the wait list are going on right now. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Sorry. So if you don't want to be placed on a wait list, get, uh, get signed up for exactly. those classes on December on 1st. On December 1st. We've yeah, got we some, go. uh, some cool classes coming up. Um, Donald Varnell is going to teach a, um, a mask class. Uh, we've got uh, the guys from Bifrost Blacksmithing, Jake and Joran, um, teaching uh, tool making. So they'll have a class on uh, creating adzes and another class on creating knives. So um, with these two tool making classes, you could pretty much have a full set of carving knives and adzes, which wow. is an awesome opportunity. So, uh, so yeah, you can register for those classes uh, starting December 1st. I can see Liza perking up right now. She's very interested. <laughs> um, okay, this all sounds so amazing. What else do we have from the museum? I think um, that's uh, I think that's kind of wrapping up um, most of the events that we've got going on. Um, we our hours that were open to the public Tuesday through Saturday, um, one to five. And, one to five. Uh, yeah, so definitely swing by. Um, both the, the Totem Heritage Center, the Tongas Historical Museum, come by, say hello. Now you know I have to ask about the VIP experience, <laughs> darling. Uh, so, so for those who aren't who uh, still aren't comfortable uh, being around crowds and different things, or if you have maybe a large group of family um, visiting from out of town, uh, the Tongas Museum and the uh, and the Arts Museum uh, are very gracious, and they will uh, give you a private VIP tour if uh, before hours if you call in and um, and make that appointment. And how do they do that? Just uh, give us a call at. Uh, 225-5900. Uh, you can talk with either myself or Erica Jane Christian. And uh, yeah, just tell us what uh, what your schedule's looking like, what works for you. Um, and that also applies to organizations, classes. Um, we've had, you know, homeschool groups contact us lately, um, you know, scouting troops, uh, different organizations, uh, classrooms. So we love to... Um, 
you know, invite people in. So uh, if you have a class or an organization that's looking for a tour of either the Totem Heritage Center or the Tongass Historical Museum, just give us a call or send us an email. Uh, that information's on our website at ketchikanmuseums.org. And uh, you can uh, contact us and we'll, we'll get something scheduled. Perfect, perfect. We're going to take a quick song break, but up next we have Art Talk with Liza Lee. And guess what? If you would like to win a trip for two to Puerto Vallarta, um, you can go to the Creek Street Cabaret and find out more information. There's a little, it's a little, there's a, there's a, a radio pr a promo that we're doing and you can win a trip for two to Puerto Vallarta if you visit different businesses and they have all the info there. So go ahead and drop into the Creek Street Cabaret and get your trip, darling. Get your, get your trip. We'll be right back. First City Forum continues on KTKN. I love a little Maroon 5. How do you feel about it? They are my enemy band. They're your enemy band? Yes. Tell me, what does that mean? <laughs> you want to know what I really, how I really feel? Yes. There are a handful of artists that are my enemy musical artists. <laughs> I mean, I have a handful of visual artists, too, that are my enemy artists, but Maroon 5 is one of them. Adele, unfortunately, is one of them. I know you disagree here, too, but... Wait, does this mean you hate them, or...? or... I mean, hate is a strong word. <laughs> Okay, for those just tuning in, I am in the studio with Liza Lee. Now, Liza is a good friend of mine and a brilliant artist, ladies and gentlemen. Um, now, Liza is going to be joining us every week on Tuesdays. Uh, so uh, today, she's uh, she's on a different day. But Tuesdays, every week, she'll be joining us for Art Talk with Liza Lee. And um, she'll be breaking down different uh, pieces, uh, pieces of art that are famous throughout history. And uh, she'll be giving us the, uh, the, the lowdown on them, different tidbits that we may not know, different parts of the art piece that are um that are scandalous sal salacious and all the different things um now eliza is an artist uh, from the florida keys uh, she has a degree in art history she's lived here in ketchikan for what four years now almost five yeah almost five years and uh, and i've known liza for a couple of years now and she's just amazing 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 so today she'll be breaking down a little bit of the sistine chapel and and just in general giving us a little bit of a history on the artist known as michelangelo yes so um michelangelo <clears throat> most people know michelangelo of course as the renaissance master who painted the ceiling of the sistine chapel um, what they may not know about Michelangelo was he was kind of a baddie and he was not to be messed with. Um, for one, he didn't want to paint the Sistine Chapel, the oh. ceiling, the Last Judgment, the altar wall, none of it. Um, <clears throat> but when he was 33, he painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Now, again, he was a sculptor. He didn't want to do this. He said, I don't even like painting frescoes. Um, but it would be like if... <sighs> If it would be like if the president said, Liza, we're going to commission you to paint a giant mural in the Capitol building. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, well, I like sculpting better. I don't really want to paint. But it'd be a pretty big thing to, I mean, they pretty much did everything short of, uh, I mean, at one point even, they forbid anybody in their jurisdiction, the papacy, from commissioning Michelangelo to do any other work. Because Michelangelo was already a famous <laughs> sculptor at this point. Yeah, he had been doing work for, he had done, he's done work, he had done work for like four different popes. Um, wow. Ultimately, by the end of his life, it was like by, he had done work for seven of the popes. So um, anyways, 25 years later, he is 62 years old, and he is commissioned to paint The Last Judgment. Now, at the time, he 
is painting, or he is sculpting a tomb for Pope Clement VII. And he doesn't want to do this, not even a little bit. Again, he's 62, which is like really old back then Mm -hmm. um, in 1533. Um, And his, mind you, his eyesight had also been damaged permanently from painting this ceiling. Um, So, but again, he was forced to. And... It took him five years to do this altar wall, this 39 and a half foot by 45 foot altar wall. Um, and the ceiling only took him four years, a, a ceiling that was 132 feet long and 44 feet wide. Wow. By the end of it, it would have over 300 figures in it. Um, and so by the time Michelangelo starts work on The Last Judgment, uh, Pope Clement VII had died. Um and the project had been overturned to Pope Paul III, and he had this wormy little assistant called Biagio da Cesena. Biagio, you mother. Yeah, he was he was awful, and he just ripped Michelangelo's painting apart. Michelangelo was killing it, by the way, at the Last Judgment, um, and he just he scrupulized he he criticized it heavily for the nudity. And he even quoted, it was most disgraceful that in so sacred a place there should have been depicted all those nude figures exposing themselves so shamefully and that it was no work for a a papal chapel, but rather for the public baths and taverns. And Michelangelo didn't like this one bit, but instead of getting mad, he got even. Well, because Michelangelo was was known for for uh, for figures and, and and creating nude sculptures right, and things, right? The canon of proportions, yeah, the father of the canon of proportions. So, exactly. so when he was commissioned for this, this would have been something that would have been known about. Yeah. So, yeah, the issue was not with the nudity; it was just this guy was basically just a big jerk. Ah. Um. So, anyways, here's here. I'm going to give this to you at the beginning of the segment to look at. But, anyways, here's his picture. This is Biagio here. And so, like I said, Michelangelo, um, instead of getting mad, he got even um, by painting Biagio as Minos. <laughs> Minos was one of Hades' little helpers, um, basically a, a judge of the underworld. Um, to take it a step further, he painted him with the ears of a donkey. Yes. And to top it off, a serpent biting his penis. Yes, yes, the ultimate form of shade. <laughs> like, yeah, huge shade. Um, like I said, there was 300 figures in this painting. There's a lot going on. So, I mean, you're bound to be able to slip a couple jokes in there. Um, and, you know, 300 figures in the painting, but that one's definitely my favorite. I think on one of our segments, we should definitely talk about the history of artists, like getting small jokes and different things in there. Because, you know, uh, in the uh, in the Lion King, there's that famous scene where, uh, where the stars spell out sex and different things like that. That would be a really interesting uh, topic. Just... Uh, different artists uh, getting their uh, jollies in on the public. I call them Easter eggs. Easter eggs, yes. Absolutely. There's a handful of them in this painting, and I love it. Um, I wish I could show you guys the the picture of the Sistine Chapel, but we've all seen it. I always forget how beautiful this thing is, and it's just incredible. This is done by, by one man. Yeah, if anybody out there is listening and has a smartphone in their pocket or a way to look up a picture of the Sistine Chapel, it might might enhance your experience a little bit while dissecting this thing. Um, but anyways, so another <clears throat> neat little Easter egg um, 
in here that they were not happy about at all was he uh, he painted the um, <laughs> he painted Saint Blaise and Saint Catherine copulating in the heavens, and these were two saints that were um, martyrs, um, <laughs> and so artists were later hired to cover them up. Um, and you can see there, St. Catherine is holding the section of a spiked wheel where he was tied to for um, <clears throat> her torture. Uh, the wheel eventually broke and she was beheaded. Oh um, and just above St. Catherine, St. Blaise holds the iron combs that, was, that were used to tear his flesh from his body. Oh, my goodness. Um, he was also beheaded. <laughs> yeah. Medieval torture, how we love it. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Um, it's amazing. So, in, in the first uh, painting, in the original painting, uh, they're 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 depicted copulating uh, Saint Saint Catherine. Yeah. So Saint Catherine is the one that's bent yes, over there, Saint, and Saint Blaise is behind her. Saint Saint Catherine is is depicted nude, uh, and then later on, artists were hired to paint clothes on her, which is actually quite impressive. It looks it looks almost original. Yeah, they they did a really good job. So artists were hired actually to Michelangelo <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't do much in the way of covering up his figures or anything at all really. So artists were another artist was actually hired to come in and and they wouldn't even do much either because they didn't I mean everybody respected Michelangelo and his mm -hmm. work and they weren't going to you know paint over his work uh so they did as little as they could get away with, basically. And then later on, actually, as the years went on, uh, an art restoration project between, I think it was like 94, and um, artists were actually hired to come back in and repaint the genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> kind of smut it up just a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, to, to preserve the artistic integrity. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, like thousands of years too late, but, you know, better late than never, I guess. Um, so another another little Easter egg in here is uh, Michelangelo painted himself onto the flayed skin of St. Bartholomew. Oh. Um, or he painted his features, really. He had this characteristic, you know, um, or this very distinguishing um, nose, crooked nose that had been broken by a rival artist when he was young. Oh. And he kind of had that signature wild and curly uh, old master genius I don't cut my hair or brush my hair, hair. Mm -hmm. So he's got the wild hair there. And, you know, you can dissect that however you want. It's like, tell us how you really feel about painting this thing, Michelangelo. He's just a husk in the painting. Wow. You know, and, and that is kind of deep. So, so it's just basically his, 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 his flayed skin, no bones, just his skin ripped from his body. So his maybe it's his artistic integrity ripped from him and, and he's being used as basically a slave to, to the papacy. Right. And that's basically what he was. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit more in... A second, but yeah. So Saint Bartholomew was another martyr saint, and he was flayed alive. Wow. Um, and so, <clears throat> yeah, Michelangelo, before all of this, um, probably when he was about twenty-two, this had to have been like fourteen ninety-nine. Um, Michelangelo fled from Pope Julius II. Um, he was again constructing a or sculpting a tomb for Pope Julius, and um, Pope Julius decided that he was not going to pay Michelangelo back 
for uh, the money that Michelangelo had paid out of pocket to pay laborers to move the materials into the tomb, you know, giant slabs of marble. Oh. Um, and so Michelangelo said no. And Of course not. Yeah, so he was like, I want to speak to the Pope immediately. And his guards were like, oh, actually, um, the Pope is really busy. Mind you, the Pope had always been an easy guy to, to reach for Michelangelo. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you can't talk to him now. And so Michelangelo didn't waste any time. He said, okay, I quit immediately. Of course. And knowing how powerful the papacy was, he rode all night on horse out to the out of the papacy's jurisdiction, all the way to Florence, the territory of Florence, um, where <laughs> the Pope actually sent five of his goons after him out of his jurisdiction oh. to go and get Michelangelo. He wants him back so badly. Michelangelo, when he is uh, faced with these, for lack of a better word, goons, um, threatens to kill all five of them. Is this Michelangelo or is this Joe Williams? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it reminded me of a certain friend when I was uh, when I was learning about all this in our history back in school. Um, yeah, <laughs> all five of them. And this is a time where, I mean, ancient Rome was nuts. Everybody was carrying a blade. Like people would stab each other in the streets like nothing. Like the wild oh. in the Wild West. Wild Westerners probably, like, their Wild West was probably ancient Rome. They probably, cowboys were probably like, oh, it's ancient Rome out here, you know? <laughs> um, so it's like you truly, it was a time where you never knew what anybody was capable of. So they were like, believe this crazy man, you know? Definitely. And so <laughs> they go back and Michelangelo seeks refuge um, <laughs> with a man called Soderini who would later give him um, his piece, the piece, the recycled piece of marble that he used for his statue of David. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So he's hiding out in Florence, and the Pope is not happy that he is unable to be retrieved. So he is threatening Soderini, and Soderini, being the good friend that he is, is like, no, I'm not giving up Michelangelo. He is an ambassador of Florence, and I am, he's not coming back to Rome because I know that you're going to punish him in some horrible way. They had punished him, or later on, they would punish him physically while he was painting the Sistine Chapel. And he would do things like tear all of his scaffolding down and quit. He, pa he quit painting the Sistine Chapel like a couple of times, even though it only took him, you know, four years. But anyways, um, so... The, the Pope's getting really scary and th is threatening to wage war on Florence. Wow. And it's not until the Pope wages war on Florence that Michelangelo's like, okay. Um, I'll come and paint this painting. Well, yeah, because he's like, all right, you know, everybody in Florence has been, Florence has been really cool to me for offering me asylum, and now the Pope's going to, you know, wage war on this territory. I can't have this. So Soderini, again, being a really good friend, accompanied um, Michelangelo back to Rome to um, to soften the blow, you know, to make sure his punishment wasn't too bad where he finished. And did they murder Soderini? No, no, they okay. didn't. Okay, I, I, I would have. <laughs> no, no. Uh, 
this is really interesting stuff. So, so for those just t- just tuning in, I'm in the studio with uh, with Liza Lee. Now, Liza Lee is an artist uh, based here in Ketchikan from the Florida Keys. She has a degree in art history, and, and she'll have a segment every Tuesday where she b- kind of breaks down different pieces of art throughout history and gives us the Easter eggs laid within. Today, we're breaking down the Sistine Chapel and a little bit about Michelangelo and, and his life. I want to ask, uh, 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 the, the Sistine Chapel seems to have a lot of, uh, of killings and tortures. Uh, what is the original intent of the Sistine Chapel? Like what, what, what is it supposed to depict? Uh, so the Sistine Chapel has a couple different components in it. The ceiling, of course, has his famous creation of Adam. So basically, they're just they're different. Um, they're different biblical depictions of mm. like stories from the Bible. So the creation of Adam. Um, the I think the killings you're referring to are, are the Last Judgment, and that's like a, a historically gnarly uh, religious depiction. No matter who does it, yeah. Um, because obviously it's like it's Last Judgment. Half the people are going to to hell. Half the people are going to heaven. And here. You see everybody. Um, I'm sorry. Everybody here on our uh, on our left is going to hell, and everybody here on our right is going to uh, is going to heaven. Wow, it's really it really is a beautiful piece of work, and uh, you know, and it's just amazing the level of human ingenuity and talent. I mean. Even back in those days, when uh, like the just the the the, the colors, like where, where would you even get colors like this that would last for hundreds of years and just be so vibrant and beautiful? They come from different earth metals, actually, or earth elements. So you have things like manganese dioxide um, to make red and cobalt to make blue. Um, shells, shell, oftentimes was used to make white. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing that is good to to contact with your skin or anything. Right. So, so. Those, those artists, I'm sure, had some um, some um, effects right. from from these paints and things before they they realized what they were actually doing and, and, and the effect on the skin. But man, are they beautiful! Well, yeah. I mean, still a lot of the those those earth metals are still used in oil paints and things today. But the way that frescoes are painted, it's um, actually powdered pigments like those very powdered earth elements um with water as a carrier to you know give it flux and they work it into wet lime plaster so you've got and that's why the sistine chapel and and frescoes in general they look like they're actually inside the wall it's because they are you're you're plastering an entire wall and you're painting something into the wet plaster wow um, so I, I'm obviously originally from Detroit, and we have the famous Diego Rivera fresco in the uh, in the museum there. And I just love going back home and seeing that gigantic painting, and just knowing that that came from home. Do you have any uh, any art pieces from from the, the uh, Keys or from 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 Florida that brings you pride to go back and and see? Well, um, there actually is an artist from the Keys. Um, his name is Wyland. He's actually my neighbor. Um, oh, wow. I've painted with him before. Um, and hi, Wyland. If you're out there listening, you're probably not. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll uh, save this onto our website, so he he may hear it at some point. Nice, nice. Well, he does come through. My my point is, he does come through here from time to time. He's painted a few pieces um, in Alaska, and he actually designed one of the new cru- Norwegian cruise ships. So the Norwegian oh, wow. ship with the uh, the sea life on it, he actually did that. And so that's kind of proud. That's kind of a proud thing. And he, I mean, he's done murals everywhere. He did one in Beijing for the Olympics. Wow. Um, and it's just. 
it's just so that's like I guess that's a hometown artist that's really uh, brings me pride and enjoyment to follow and still like he'll like he'll, he's still a guy that you know will get lunch with me if I if I call him and stuff so or if I see him painting in his driveway and he's back home you know I can go up and talk to him and see what he's doing and so um, yeah he was he's a really cool guy. Liza, I learn something new about you literally every day. And so will you guys every Tuesday with Art Talk with Liza Lee. I want to thank you for coming in today, Liza. I'm so excited. Uh, and if you, uh, listeners, would like to uh, be on the first city forum, if you know someone who has something to talk about, if you have an organization who, uh, who has a message that you need to get out to the community, please email me at firstcityforum at abcstations.com. And, and guess what, guys? Uh, this weekend, First City Players is putting on their production of Pippin. I have my tickets for Saturday. Me and oh, Eliza and I are both going to, together on Saturday, actually. I'm really excited about this, guys. They have professional aerialists. We have all kinds of things going on. This first is First City Players' first big production since COVID started. They have a lot going on with this show. It's going to be a huge production with an all-star cast. And once again, don't forget to get your tickets for two to Puerto Vallarta. Uh, well, enter for your chance to win them anyways uh, at the Creek Street Cabaret this week. And there'll be... So these tickets, Liza, will be at a, at a different location every week. This week is the Creek Street Cabaret. Next week, who knows? We'll, we'll let you know. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the First City Forum brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams. Goodbye. Goodbye.